I think we can all agree that learning is more fun when you do it with friends, right? So if one of your summer goals is to learn more about the science of reading and how to incorporate it into your classroom, then let me invite you to join our free summer book study. During the month of June, we are going to be hosting a free book study for teachers just like you, where we are going to work our way through the book, Shifting the Balance, Six Ways to Bring the Science of Reading into Your Upper Elementary Classroom. And we'd love to have you join us. We're going to read one chapter a week. And inside our book study Facebook group, you're going to get to participate in things like our weekly Facebook Live, discussion posts. You're going to get some really awesome freebies and the chance to win some stellar prizes. All of this is going to help you align your instruction with the science of reading next year. It's going to be fun. And even if you don't think you'll have time to read every single chapter, still consider joining. You're going to get a lot out of the group, even if you don't have time to read the entire text. So I hope to see you this summer where we can all learn alongside each other. You can sign up at stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. That's all one word, stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. And I'll see you inside our group. You're listening to episode two of the Stellar Teacher Podcast. Teaching literacy is tough. It takes time, knowledge, practice, and a ton of effort to be good at it. But with the right tools and strategies, you can be not only good, but great. Amazing. I'm talking off the charts impactful. Hey, I'm Sarah Marie, a literacy specialist with over a decade of experience working as a classroom teacher and school administrator. So I know firsthand just how hard it is to find high quality resources that are not only engaging for students, but will actually get the job done. Each week on this podcast, I'll be sharing meaningful, no fluff lesson ideas and strategies that will take you to the next level of your teaching career. So are you ready to feel confident in your abilities to truly grow your students as readers and have a little fun while doing it? Let's dig in. Hey y'all, I am so excited to have you back for another episode of the Stellar Teacher Podcast. When I was starting to do my planning and thinking about what I wanted to talk about on this podcast... I kind of struggled with what I was going to discuss this very first real episode. And I have so many ideas when it comes to reading and writing instruction that I want to share with you. And I just didn't know where to begin. I have ideas for management, from how to set up your reading workshop to how to keep kids engaged during independent reading. I thought about talking about some really fun topics, how to get started with book talks or how to launch book clubs in your classroom. And then I thought maybe I should talk about something really important like strategy instruction or how to specifically teach your kids to summarize or do close reading. And while I will probably talk about all of those topics at some point, I decided that the most important thing I could talk about for my very first real episode is how to create a classroom community that really loves reading. Because at the end of the day, that is probably the goal of any reading teacher. We want our students to fall in love with reading. And by the time they leave our classrooms, we want them to have the skills and the tools and just everything they need to be lifelong readers. And so 
While all of those things like strategy instruction and management and engagement are important, we need to make sure that our classrooms are set up so our students know how to love reading. Now, the reality of it is, is our current educational is set up in a way that it doesn't always make that easy for us. We have the pressures of state testing. A lot of times teachers are limited with boxed curriculum programs that don't always leave room for creativity or authentic reading experiences. And I really think back to my own experience in elementary school. First of all, I was homeschooled up until sixth grade. And so in elementary school, my experience with reading was my parents reading to me every night before bed and going to the library and checking out books. And it just seemed very natural and authentic. We read at home. But when I did finally go to school in sixth grade, I hated the subject of reading. And I remember my very first day of school. First of all, I was terrified because I had never been to school before and I didn't understand how school worked. And I remember we had a textbook for reading and we had a workbook. And I remember my very first assignment was a worksheet that was in some response, some multiple choice questions to a text that we read. And I don't remember exactly what it was, but I remember I got a D on that assignment. And I was so disappointed in myself. I had never been to school before, and my very first assignment was a D. And so instantly, I felt like not only was I not a good reader, but I wasn't going to be a good student. And from that point on, I hated reading class. But while I did not like reading class, I loved this teacher. I loved my sixth grade teacher because every single day after lunch, she would read to our class for 30 minutes. And I remember she read so many of the Roald Dahl books, and I loved him as an author, and I loved just getting lost in the stories, and I loved the fact that when she read to us, there was no work workbooks or worksheets. It was pure enjoyment. And I remember she read Matilda. She read James and the Giant Peach. She read The Twits. She read The Witches. And it made me love being read to. So while I hated reading class, I loved being read to. And I still remember having a very positive experience with reading that year. And I often think about how I would have felt about reading if my teacher had not prioritized reading aloud to us. My only experience would have been with a workbook and worksheets, and that wasn't a very positive experience. But because my teacher prioritized reading aloud to us, I feel like I had a glimmer of hope of becoming a reader myself. And it really wasn't until after high school that I became a reader. I think I just, I didn't like reading class because it seemed very institutionalized and there was homework and assignments and I didn't always do the best on those homeworks or assignments. But at the end of the day, I love reading. So I want to think about how can we as teachers have more authentic and fun experiences in our classroom and less of the workbook and worksheet type experiences that often leave kids feeling frustrated and not confident in their reading abilities. So today, for my very first real episode, I have four tips and suggestions or ideas, whatever you want to call them, that are going to help you create a classroom community of lifelong readers. The first thing I want you to keep in mind is that when we're thinking about our reading instruction, we need to make sure that we are teaching the reader and not the text. Our instruction needs to be student-centered. This needs to be our number one priority. I think a lot of times we can get caught up, especially if you have a scripted or boxed curriculum, we can get caught up on this idea of my students need to understand the story so they do well on the end of week or end of unit assessment. We can get caught up in this idea of state testing that my students need to master 
how to respond to certain passages, or we're reading a novel and I want my students to understand this novel. But at the end of the day, we're not teaching texts, we're teaching students. And so what this means is that sometimes we might need to adjust our pacing. Our students might not be ready to go as fast as our pacing guide or as our curriculum suggests, and that's okay. We need to slow down and teach the way our students need. This might mean that we need to reconsider our text selection. Based off of your students, you might not read the same novels or picture books year after year. You should be selecting texts and genres and books that are reflective and representative of your students' interests, of their needs, of their abilities. And so we need to make sure that we are selecting texts based off of our students. This means that we might need to reconsider our reading assignments. Do our students have a choice in what they are reading and how they're responding? And this might mean that we need to think about how we're setting up our reading block. Year after year, our reading block might look different. Some years we might be able to have more guided reading groups. Sometimes we might need to prioritize reading conferences. Sometimes we might have to have more book clubs. Sometimes we don't have to have book clubs. So it all depends on what our students needs. Our instruction really should be responsive to our students. So my first tip, if you want to create a classroom community that loves reading, you need to keep your students, their needs, and interests top of mind. The next thing that you need to consider doing or you need to think about is making sure that your students are the ones that are doing the work. And I feel like it took me a couple years to figure this out. And I remember my first couple years teaching, I was a second grade teacher, and we had a a basal reader, so a boxed curriculum, and reading centers was a requirement that we had to have in our class. And I loved reading centers. But what I realized was I was spending my entire weekend planning these reading centers. Every Sunday, I would look at Pinterest, or I would go on the internet, or I'd look through what the resources I had, and I would try to come up with centers. And then I had to go to Kinko's to make copies because we had a limited number of copies, and I'd be cutting and putting things in bags and preparing activities. And I would literally spend all weekend to work on activities that my students would finish in five or six minutes. And I just remember thinking, why am I doing so much work when my students aren't engaged in these activities as long as it's taking me to prepare them? So when we think about our reading instruction, we really need to make sure that our students are the ones that are doing most of the heavy lifting. They should be the ones that are doing the reading and the writing and the thinking and the questioning. And so a couple things that you can do, it's totally okay to have reading centers, but just make sure your reading centers are set up in such a way to where students are doing more work than you are when it comes to planning and preparing. A couple things that I like to incorporate into my reading block that sort of guarantee and ensure that students are doing most of the work when it comes to their reading are making sure that there's time for independent reading, whether this is the bulk of your independent practice or one of your reading centers. Anytime students are the ones doing the reading, we can guarantee that they are doing more work than we are. And then that also means that they need to be the ones doing the writing and the response to their writing. I love giving students a choice when it comes to the books that they are reading and how they want to respond. I also encourage students to be the ones to do the questioning, the ones making connections, the ones that are summarizing the text, whether it's independently, in small group, or in during a read aloud. I think as teachers, we need to sort of 
change the way we think about our role. And while we do have to teach our students, we also have to serve as more of a facilitator. So when you're doing your read aloud or guiding your students through a small group, make sure that they are doing more talking and thinking than you are. They should be the ones asking questions about the texts. They should be the ones identifying the difficult words and figuring out how to use context clues to figure them out. They can be the ones that are providing the summary of the text. And they should be the ones thinking about how are they going to extend that reading experience. And so As you think about your reading block, when we let our students be the ones that are really driving their learning, especially from a reading perspective, we can then, you know, guarantee that they are going to be set up in such a way to where they will continue that process after they leave our classroom. And that's essential to helping them become lifelong readers. So just make sure that your reading block is set up in such a way to where students are doing more work than you are. And you guys work hard enough. You deserve a little bit of a break. The other thing to think about when creating a classroom community that loves reading is making sure that our instruction really is fostering a true love of reading. Basically, this means that we need to make sure that our reading block is fun. I always think that if students don't love reading and if teachers don't love reading, then we're doing it wrong and we need to change something. And so there are really an unlimited number of ways that you can foster a real love of reading in your class. But a couple of things that I always love to do and that I definitely encourage teachers to do is, first of all, make sure that you are using real texts. I understand that passages can be really easy to find and quick to copy and that if you are given a boxed curriculum and there's a textbook, it's easy because every student has a copy. But also make sure that if you are using those things, that you are also bringing in real picture books and real chapter books and real articles and real magazines, because that's what our students are going to be experiencing once they leave our classroom. And we want them to understand how great real and authentic texts are. So you also want to make sure that you're making time for for fun read-alouds. And if you have followed my blog or me on Instagram or come to any of my teacher trainings, and you've probably heard me talk about this idea of having a stack of books. And this is something that I got from one of my college professors. But one thing she said is that she would assess or she would evaluate the effectiveness or the success of her day based off of how many times she could read aloud to her students. And so every day she would start the day with a stack of picture books next to her desk. And these were not meant to be used for any lesson. They were just for fun books. And if she was able to get through all of the books every day, it was considered to be a success. And I love that that was her That was her assessment on whether or not it was a good day. And so that's one thing I started doing my very first year of teaching and carried it on all the way through when I left the classroom. But every day I would find four to five books that I thought would just be fun to read to my kids. And we would always try to find time to read. So whether we came back from recess and we had a few extra minutes or if we finished a math lesson early or if we packed up quickly and had time at the end of the day, I would always try to find time to read for fun. No agenda, no assignment. Let's just enjoy a book together. And I think that is so important. It kind of makes me think back to my sixth grade experience. Every day after lunch, that was a priority. And when our students see us reading for fun, they are going to want to mirror that and read for fun as well. So make sure you are incorporating for fun read-alouds into your day. Other things that you can do are do book talks, and book talks are one of the things that I loved doing with my students, and I feel like it was also I accidentally got started with them. 
It was one of those things where it was a Friday afternoon. We packed up a little bit early and my students, we kind of had some extra time and I needed to on the fly think about how to fill these next 10 minutes. And so I just asked my students to share what are some books that you're reading. And then all of a sudden my students got to start talking about, well, I'm reading this chapter book and it's really exciting. And this is my favorite part. And does anybody else want to read this? Or students were asking questions. So A book talk is basically just a book commercial where you let your students share what they're reading and really try to convince and persuade their classmates to read that book. And it can just be a really fun, quick, easy way to get students talking about books and what they love about books. Other things that you can do are you can incorporate book clubs. You can let students come up with extension or research projects that are based off of or inspired by books that they're reading. And so just at the end of the day, you want to make sure that students love reading, that they love being read to, and that reading class is really one of their favorite parts of the day. And then my last tip for creating a classroom community that loves reading is to make sure that our reading instruction and our reading block is purposeful. And a lot of times when we set up our reading block, we have an academic purpose for reading. And while there is definitely a need for this academic purpose, our students need to learn standards and skills, we don't necessarily want to make sure that that is the sole purpose and focus. A lot of times teachers will start their lesson by saying things like, today I want to teach you about how to find the main idea and supporting details, or today we're going to learn a strategy to help us summarize, or today we're going to learn about the five different types of nonfiction text structure. And while these concepts and skills are important, they're not necessarily motivating for our students. And so we want to think about how we frame our reading block and the purpose that we give for reading really should get students excited. So a few things you can do are just make sure that there is a real-life purpose to your reading. So this might mean giving a focus to the theme or the topic rather than the skill. So maybe simply as introducing your read aloud as, today we're going to read a story that's going to help us how characters overcome challenges. That seems maybe a little bit more exciting to read about versus today we're going to learn about main idea or theme even. Or you could introduce your read-alouds as a way to, I know we've been asking questions about adaptations and how animals change. And so I found a couple books that are going to help us answer some of those questions. So again, if students have been asking questions or if you're studying a topic in science or social studies, use those as the purpose for your read-aloud. And you can most definitely teach comprehension skills and you can teach them in a very specific and focused mini lesson. But When skills and standards are the sole purpose of our reading block, there really isn't much motivation for students to want to read and to really be excited about it. My last couple years of teaching, I taught in an international baccalaureate school. And the way that we had our program and our curriculum set up is that we taught really in thematic units. It was an inquiry-based approach to learning, and it was really heavy on student projects. And one of our projects at the end of the year was focused on this idea that personal growth happens through hardships. That was this idea and concept that we were studying. And we talked a lot about how self-expression can reflect the evolution of one's identity and how everybody overcomes or everybody experiences challenges, but you can overcome them. And that's part of our personal growth. And these are fourth graders. And these are kind of really big, heavy topics for fourth graders to study. But We read so many picture books, and while the purpose was to learn about personal growth and self-expression, we addressed a lot of the key reading skills. We talked a lot about theme and how authors communicate theme. We talked a lot about character traits and character motivations and how characters change from beginning to end. 
We made a lot of connections to what we read and to students' personal life. We talked a lot about how authors purpose and authors craft and figuring out how authors use language to communicate these big ideas and how a lot of times authors are inspired by their own personal hardships or challenges and then express that through their picture books or their through their illustrations. And so I think about if our only goal was to focus on these skills, we would have lost so much of the excitement and passion for this unit. And students loved studying this because it gave them a chance to make such strong personal connections to what they were reading. And I guarantee that all those books we read at the end of the year are still in my students' memories because we made it really personal and really purposeful. So as you get ready to jump back into your reading instruction this semester, I want you to think about how can you structure and create your reading block to make sure that you are creating a classroom community that really loves reading. And so make sure that you are teaching the reader and not the text. Make sure your students are doing more work than you are during your reading block. Make sure your reading instruction fosters a true love of reading and is fun for you and your students. And then make sure that you provide a real meaningful purpose for your reading instruction to your students. And if you do all of these things, I promise that you will have a community of learners who are so excited and passionate about reading. And I know as a reading teacher, that is your ultimate goal. So friends. I'm so excited that you joined me and I hope you tune into my next episode where more than likely I'll be sharing a few more practical tips on how you can reset your independent reading time when you return to school after this winter break. So until next time. Thanks so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed today's episode and are finding value in this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you subscribe and leave a five-star positive review. This helps me spread the word to more and more teachers just like you. Don't forget to join me over on Instagram at The Stellar Teacher Company. And you can also find links and resources from this episode in the show notes at stellarteacher.com. I'll see you back here next week.